0: launch scale and ultimately exit successful group practices in short we create clarity confidence and results welcome everybody once again to another episode of the group practice accelerator podcast this is the third in a multi-part series that we're stringing together around exit strategies i'm going to be bringing back my partner DeWalker walker sinha on the microphone again today We're gonna give you a little bit of uh, things to consider in terms of wealth management strategy and diversification of assets, which is something we don't talk about very often. And it's a little bit alarming maybe how much of you, how many of you have failed to contemplate it before going to market. We'll give you a lot of things to think about on today's episode, which means that you need to get your pad and pen ready through another wonderful cup of that meal of coffee. The Group Practice Accelerator podcast is on the air. Well, welcome, everybody, once again to the Group Practice Accelerator podcast. I am your host, Perrin Desports. I thank you so much for joining me and my partner on this episode of the podcast. DeWalker, you want to say hello to everybody?
1: Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us
0: again. Yeah, this is uh, turned into kind of a, a nice series that we've strung together uh, around what started out to be a, an exit process, uh, uh, but has morphed into a lot about market conditions. And today we're going to talk a little bit about market timing uh in terms of a capital event in a down investment market this is something we've never talked about before but um it may have a lot of legs as it relates to uh investments and diversification uh portfolio management some stuff like that so let me maybe uh take just a quick second and orient today's episode for us um we are recording this toward the tail end of may um there are a lot of things going on in the marketplace right now, uh, looming debt deal uh, in Congress, uh, probably rising interest rates, the aftermath of some level of the banking collapse. When we look at the S&P 500, uh, which is a, a data point we don't reference very often, really the, the S&P was at a, its most recent high on um, on January 1st of 2022, very end of 2021, beginning of calendar year 2022. Um, and I say recent high over the last probably five to six years, okay? So what all... um uh, what all does that mean? I mean, everybody kind of remembers the return from COVID and what 2021 looked like, certainly from an m M&A market standpoint. That was not too dissimilar uh, from uh, a stock market standpoint, and the S&P 500 bears that out. We're as of today, roughly January or June first. Excuse me. We're about fifteen percent off of that high for the S and P five hundred. So market down about fifteen percent from the high, and the number that we're at in terms of the S and P index uh, is very similar to where we found ourselves two years ago. All right. So uh, June first ish, you know, uh, of twenty twenty one. So. How do we think about this? Well, there was obviously a lot of money sloshing around in the economy. Everything was going gangbusters. Return from COVID, we saw that in M and um, A, all time high in terms of employment, and uh, then, you know, things kind of turn the corner, uh, and and we start to see the impact of inflation, rising rates, and and everything that we're living with right now. What does that mean, though, from an investment context? Most of us who own businesses or co-own businesses have the majority of our wealth tied up in those businesses. Many of our clients have an an exit strategy in mind. As we think about both of those, it's important to consider the value of the business you own, the value of the business that you're creating and building, and the potential exit strategy alongside it and then what to do with the proceeds of the sale. And that brings us to today's episodes. So we want to talk a little bit about market timing from an M&A context as it relates to a potential capital event in a down market as it relates to being an investor. All right, so that was a long win- long-winded wind-up here to Walker, but how do we want to think about this sort of... Uh, maybe wealth management strategy, if I can call it that. We're not financial advisors by any stretch, but how do we wanna think about uh, that wealth management strategy on behalf of our clients relative to where we find ourselves in today's market? You wanna take the first cut at that?
1: Sure, Uh, so I I think um, when most of our audience members are thinking about wealth management, really, uh, let's call it retirement, um, because I think as people are building businesses entering the workforce I, I think you know if I could talk to myself at 21 years old I would have focused more on uh, wealth management and thinking about where I wanted to be at 55 or 65 years old. So I think as people are entering the workforce people uh, are building businesses, um, we tend to if you own a business tend to look at your business as your sole source of retirement. yeah you, know, you, you kind of say to yourself, okay my business is worth you know ten million dollars or one million dollars. And this is going to be my exit strategy um and this is going to be how i sail off to the sunset and you know i think most of our clients or our audience members that are listening uh, tend to have fairly large businesses so um, if we haven't said it before in a previous podcast i'll say it on this podcast in order to maximize the valuation structure you typically just can't walk walk away on closing on a friday and walk away on a monday so if you're you know going to be exiting the business in three to five years we need to be in process right now Um, if not longer we have some clients that are 10 years away that we're thinking about the first exit process now looking at the second bite in five or seven years and then having another event as they're looking to exit the business and we kind of think about how contract negotiations work there um so when if we're thinking about retirement strategy um you know majority of us are 90%, 90%, if not 100%, uh, uh, weighted towards our business. And I think if you go to most wealth management seminars, and, and uh, uh, they're going to tell you, you should diversify your portfolio. And they talk about having some stocks, some index funds, some uh, bonds, and kind of having a well-balanced portfolio. And if that's the case, then you know why would we not diversify your assets overall? Meaning, if you're 90 plus percent into your business which is your privately held business why would you not want to do some diversification of 60 40 meaning 40 percent equity in your company letting it you know work for you as part of the company you're involved in uh post-transaction and then take the other 50 60 percent, pay off some obligations that you may have on your business personally if you choose uh you know fund 529 plans if you can and then beyond that move towards um Creating a wealth matter strategy with a certified financial planner to say, "Okay, here's how I want my money to work for me." Um, and so you have two two things working for you concurrently. One is the business. You know, you we partnered you up with the right party that uh, theoretically should continue to grow and that's the, uh, uh, equity value of a you know three x cash and cash return or potentially higher. Um, and then on the other side, you have this you know, wealth matter strategy with your, with your certified financial planner that is performing at or above, one would say the S&P 500. Again, that's a index a lot of people tend to look at. So that's how I would balance your portfolio and look at it um, uh, as, as, as you're looking out. Lastly, we've I've said this on our podcast before, but I'll kind of do a refresher on it. Um, overall, and again, I'm not a CFP, whatever exit Whatever living lifestyle you need, and we're happy to work with you on it, on a living lifestyle. You typically need, based on the number we mutually agreed upon, at least 15 or 25 times that in earnings um, uh, based on your life cycle. So, for example, let's say if you needed to make $400,000 in income for the next 25 years, okay? In that case, you would take 400000 times 15, which would give you $6 million. And that's $6 million. Theoretically, it's post-tax, so it's uh, again uh, uh, taxes are paid on it. Um, should give you a four hundred thousand stream of income of about twenty to twenty-five years, based on market conditions. So that's just a good rough market rough number. And again, we're happy to work with you on an individual setup. One of the other things I parent, I also encourage our our podcast members to do, and we're happy to provide the forms to you, is to, you know, create your own personal financial statement. Um, I don't know how many people do that on their own unless a bank requires it. I think everyone does it when they apply for a credit, right? So and at least on our on our middle market side, we do see that. But I would highly encourage all of the uh, podcast listeners, no matter where you are in the world, is to do your own personal financial statement once a year. And if you need help in that every year, we're happy to help you. Kind of Kind of think through what your assets are, what your liabilities are and kind of help you determine every year your number, your economic number of where you're at today and where you want to be. And I think that resource, you know, would be, I think, very meaningful to the to our audience members. But, you know, thinking about uh, that aspect, I think should help you identify where the, you know, where things are right now.
0: Yeah, very well said. I think, you know, all too often people, don't really have the long-term plan in mind in terms of the the assets they need and and what, you know, retiring and or or ha- or being comfortable in the next phase looks like, what whatever that means from a financial standpoint. um and and it's prudent to be able to look out twenty to twenty five years. Let's hope we all live uh, that long or a lot longer for that matter. Um. I want to dig back into something though and and that is you know some some aspects around uh the market timing piece we're this isn't like an all-time low by any stretch in terms of the markets um but but there is something to be said for um recognizing a, a low point and a dip and being able to make diversified investments uh in in different stocks bonds companies whatever it may be uh and sort of ride that up upturn that wave up um uh, and get some easier easier points of of improvement to be picked up on on with the rise in the market overall we talked a little bit about sort of our outlook um uh in the next you know one to five years, and we really talk about that more in terms of lending rates more than anything else. But I think the the same could be said in terms of market outlook from an investment standpoint. The other piece is that, you know, when somebody, we talk about deal structure, obviously finding the right buyer uh, at the right point in time relative to a recap and and leaving some amount of equity in that business. So it's kind of the ultimate diversification play. You've got the cash from the proceeds of the sale going into the market at a relatively low point uh, and certainly some optimism around an upturn there. But also you would Stands to reason, you would have a lot of optimism around the buyer of your business and and holding an equity position in that business um, to to be able to ride that point of an uh, an upswing in terms of a recap too. So, thinking about that sort of dual track strategy, I think is a healthy way to to approach it. One is the business you know, and one is the overall market conditions. Uh, any kind of Further insights you want to play as it relates to to kind of that dual track mindset there.
1: Yeah, I think uh, so. me kind of hit something on your um, market conditions. You know, I, I I think we're somewhat in a trough. You know, as far as again to your point, we're not at an all point low. We're not at an all point high. And I think as people think about you know diversifying their Portfolio and having two things work for them side by side, you know, you know, going into investing into the market now, where a lot of people, you know, down market tend to pull out. And if you look at um, all the, you know, big investors, Warren Buffett and all those things, um, I think in you know, Warren Buffett is something I want to uh, uh, might have said like, when the, when people are pulling out, that's a time to put it, uh, put uh, dollars into the market. Of course, the qualifier being. Understanding what where you're investing your 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 dollars, right, and being disciplined about it, and understanding those aspects, and then when people are putting in, that's when you're typically pulling out, right? I think majority of people tend to look at those aspects and decide the opposite. Uh, we tend to follow the norm or the momentum of everyone else, um, and I, I would say, you know, as as market conditions are in a plateau trough. Um, you know and we're to your point the data points you use at a 15 20% low you know look at diversifying your portfolio into having both you know both aspects working for you the business side growing for you with the right party and then on the personal side you know again we're not uh, I, I think everyone in, uh, certified financial planner you can't time the market so it's not like june 1st uh, is the right day to invest or september 30th is the right day to invest but look at overall conditions to say hey is this overall based on 20 thirty year spectrum a good time to kind of look at the market conditions and you know be able to deploy some capital in there working with a certified financial planner to do it correctly um you know the past two years I've seen it you know uh, seen that way 2022 2023 coming out of it um so and based on where we see the debt uh, issues line up and the uh, the issues coming out of student loans and consumer spending happen. It may be a little more prolonged going into twenty twenty four, but at some point, you know going in the next two three years out, you, you come out of this trough, right? So I think w- again, and whenever you're investing, I wouldn't be you know, um, uh, I would look at this as a long-term strategy because even if you have your assets into a uh, a, a joint venture or partnership with a bigger DSO MSO, you still want to look at looking at how this is working for you. And if it's performing at a reasonable rate, reasonable being matching around S and P 500 or greater, um, I think you're going to put yourself in a really good position, of that when your second bite or third bite happens, that that second or third bite of the apple, is a discretionary decision. Everything in your first bite continue to work for you and grow for you the right way, where the second bite allows you to make a, de- a decision where you say, you know what, do I roll my cash to the next turn or do I pull 50% out? Do I do I have the ability to pull it all out? Again, that's more in the contract negotiation. Uh, but having that ability, that flexibility, uh, is where we want our audience members to be as they start looking at 2023
0: and 2024. Yeah, very well said. I think we give a lot of guidance around, um, you know, the the times to. Double down on your business, and the the wisest investment you can make is in the the growth of the business that you own and where you can create the greatest level of returns. and there there is that earlier stage, earlier phase, rather, um, you know building of wealth, but knowing that the wealth is is all trapped inside the business. Then there comes a point where there's a window of of time uh, where you've you've built uh, wealth on paper. In the business, and it's appropriate to uh, potentially look at different monetization strategies of that as it relates to a diversified portfolio. And th- these are things we don't talk about. I, don't, I can't remember talking about any of this on the podcast in the past, but it's really just kind of an interesting confluence of time um, where, you know, if you're looking more, uh, beyond six months out, you can really see some uh, credible opportunities to create some some nice outcomes. and I think it was a a, a different foray into the show that we normally do, uh, but one that seemed to have a lot of merit. and I know that we've had we've both had these types of conversations with uh, both current clients and prospective clients um as as we're thinking about the next you know six to eighteen months or more out of our business too. so, um, interesting conversation, DeWalker. Any further concluding thoughts before we wrap up to today's show on on this sort of market timing aspect of things and the where the the overall stock market uh, sits right now?
1: Uh, again, going back to the last few episodes, I think uh, think about where you want to be in your in in your process, wealth management strategy, twelve months, five years down the road, and really, you know, give us a call to reverse engineer. What needs to happen in 2023? Um, because your retirement strategy, your exit strategy, might be five years out, ten years out, fifteen years out. I think you know we get calls, parent, all the time, that you know people are on the exit side or uh, in, think about engaging us. Where they say, "I wish I talked to you guys ten years ago because here's the following things I would have done different." So people that are listening to our podcast now, I would highly encourage you, even if you're ten years out, um, give us a call. You know, do our Go to Market Strategy Day or Discovery Day with us, to truly understand where your business is today, where you are today personally, and where you want to be in that defined period that you've said, okay, here's my journey. Uh, so uh, uh, absolutely, we encourage our, our uh, members to do that.
0: Yeah. And, and it goes without saying, too, um, obviously, DeWalker and I are not uh, financial planners by any stretch. We do work with a couple of uh, class A firms, uh, both on a personal and a professional level. Uh, and if, you, if you're if you listening to this podcast and you don't have uh, a financial planner, you need one, or maybe you need a second opinion, um, be happy to, to make a connection for you um, uh, with some people that we know and trust as well. I mean, these are big businesses and they're valuable and, and um, you don't want the tax man to, to, to be the biggest beneficiary Uh, and you want to make sure that, um, this is something that, uh, when you do pull the trigger and go through a capital event, uh, that it can truly last a lifetime. So a lot of things to consider, um, but kind of a fun show, uh, and a departure compared to, to what we, uh, what we typically do DeWalker, thanks for joining me on the show today. I know our audience is better off for it. Thanks for having us. You got it. You got it. And for those in the audience, uh, stick around. I'll be right back with some some additional thoughts and to wrap up today's episode. Thanks, everybody, once again for uh, joining us on the show today. And a sincere thanks to my partner, DeWalker Sinha. Uh, for taking a little bit of time and giving his insights. I know that all of you value his input. We don't get to have him on the show nearly enough. Um, So I'm I'm really grateful when we can carve out the time and when the subject matter really meets with his expertise. Before we wrap up today's show, I wanted to share a a kind of, not maybe a series of books, but it's written by the same couple of authors. I've touched on a couple of these in the past, but many of you know that I've been part of the strategic coaching, uh, strategic coach group out of Chicago. That's Doc, uh, that's Dan Sullivan. Um, he's been around coaching our entrepreneurs for over 30 years, I think now. And and I've been in the program for the last four years. I recently rolled out of the program, but uh, it was absolutely instrumental in my development as an entrepreneur. And I wouldn't be where I am today without having spent time in the signature program and one, t- one year in their 10X program. Uh, and Dan has gone back uh, and rewritten a lot of some of his best books in longer format with a co-author named Ben Hardy, H-A-R-D-Y, Benjamin Hardy. Uh, and three of them that they chose to write together over about the last 12 months are are really, quite frankly, unbelievable books. And for those who are readers in the audience, I figured I figured I'd share all three of these uh because they are totally worth a read. Um they're they're Not very long in terms of number of pages, but they're all incredibly thought-provoking. And the three books in no particular order um, are Who, Not How. That's one title, Who, Not How. Uh, The second one is The Gap and the Gain. The Gap and the Gain. And the third one that has just recently been released in hardback uh, is called 10X is Easier Than 2X. 10X is easier than 2X. So Who Not How, The Gap and the Gain, and 10X is easier than 2X are all co-authored by Dan Sullivan and and Benjamin Hardy, H-A-R-D-Y. And they're all great reads. And, and really, the 10X is uh, easier than 2X is really about a mindset shift in terms of building a business for scale and the thought process involved with it to ultimately build a, a self-managing company. Um, I, I recently read, finished this and, uh, went through and reread it a second time, actually. Uh, and it's, it's, uh, a thought-provoking book in in ways that I can't even begin to describe, and I don't have enough time to describe on the podcast. But suffice to say, those who are looking to build larger groups um, and ones that aren't dependent upon your clinical skills only, this is a great book in terms of mindset. The second one, Who Not How, that I mentioned, uh, is is really uh, all of us as entrepreneurs are in the the discipline of seeing a an opportunity and thinking, well, I, I need to build that, I need to do that, I need to execute on that. That. And Who Not How is a book that really impresses upon you the, the value and the need to be able to find the right person to do that for you. Somebody who's excellent at doing whatever that that task, that, uh, that creative endeavor, that next phase of growth is so that it's not dependent upon you uh, and finding a who to alleviate some of the burden on all of us as entrepreneurs. Uh, and then the first one uh, that I mentioned, um, uh, the gap and the gain is the uh, really the process of building a larger business and the journey involved, and how we're all so focused on perfection over the horizon that we don't give ourselves mental credit for the great businesses that we built up to this point uh, and that's something that is rejuvenative mentally and i think it's critically important to the mindset that we bring to these businesses on a daily basis um, if you're living in the gap meaning you're always coming up short and missing the goal it's negative reinforcement if you're living in the gain which is how far you've come It is really much more positive reinforcement. And I think that type of mindset to survive in today's world is um, of paramount importance. So these three books have been really instrumental um, in, in my kind of thought process over the last probably nine to 12 months. And I figured I'd kind of share them all sort of as a group to get you um, uh, some more reading material because you all need that, but also to kind of give you my insight into each one of them. So hopefully you find that uh, helpful and, and instrumental. Um, if you have read any of those books or if you've got any questions about it, feel free to drop me an email directly at parent at Polaris uh, And if you wanna find out more about all we, what all we do, at Polaris. You can find it on our website, which is polarishealthcarepartners.com. Thanks so much for being a listener and a subscriber. We'll see you on the next episode.